You're not alone. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Salt Mines X-Wing Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the backbone of the X-Wing community. I'm your host, Sailor Joe, and, uh, you know, I listened to the last episode, and there were a couple of spots where the volume was just too loud, um, so I'm hoping to address that in this issue, in this episode, so um, please, if you catch things like that, uh, don't hesitate to reach out and let me know what they are so that I can address them and fix them. Uh, don't want to blow out your speakers or do anything crazy like that. Uh, this is uh, supposed to be a listener-friendly podcast and uh, friendly to the uh, listener's equipment. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and move on to our uh, first segment of the podcast. AMG Rules Forum. All right, for our first one, we've got Cad Bane Crew and Thermal Debts. OP, can a ship equipped with both of the above drop, boost, and drop again? Or does the full drop need to complete before the boost can be executed? Because I have Soul Sixa here waiting for Janko Clock. Answer, yes. Abilities that trigger after dropping a device trigger after each Thermal Detonator is dropped. In the terms of sequence, the, thermal, the first thermal detonator is dropped, and any abilities that trigger from this, such as Death Rain and the TIE Punisher, or Delayed Fuses modification, are added to the queue and resolve, and then the second thermal detonator is dropped, and any abilities that trigger from this are added to the queue and resolved. Next one, Han Solo and the YT-1300 pilot ability. OP. When using Han's pilot ability, how many times per round may he use his dice modification? Obviously, you can only re-roll once per attack roll, i.e., or once per roll, i.e., attack, defend, or obstacle resolution. You can only re-roll once for each, but is there a limit per round on how many checks you can re-roll, i.e., re-roll for an obstacle, and then an attack, and then defend, or just one of them? Answer. No, there is no upper limit to how many times Han Solo and the modified YT-1300 Lightfighter may use his pilot ability in a single round. Remember that re-rolling dice is considered distinct from rolling dice from a mechanic standpoint. And such, as such, re-rolled dice results do not trigger an opportunity from Han Solo to use his ability. Alright, next one. Netrum Pollard and Stabilized S-Foils. OP. If Netrum Pollard in the B-Wing has Stabilized S-Foils, can he barrel roll, flip 180, pass stress, then link to a target lock? Answer. After you barrel roll, you may choose one friendly ship. This is a, uh, I believe, his pilot ability. So after you barrel roll, you may choose one friendly ship that is not stressed at range 0 to 1. That ship gains one stress token, then you rotate 180 degrees. So, here's the order of operations. Netrum Pollard in the B-Wing barrel rolls. Netrum's pilot ability and linked action both enter the ability queue. You may resolve them in either order. Okay. Next one, we've got Corcellus and Debris. OP. If a ship with Corsella flies over debris doing a blue maneuver, can they shed the stress obtained by the debris and still take an action 
similar to the Canon crew? Answer. Yes. Debris cloud stress is gained after the check difficulty step as part of executing the maneuver. Corsella would then be able to remove it, assuming the requirement for her ability is met. And the last question. We have contraband stop after being bumped. OP. If a ship with lower initiative bumps into my YV-666, then I perform a zero-stop maneuver after using contraband cybernetics. Do I still get to perform an action even with a ship at range zero? Answer. Yes. The stationary maneuver does not overlap any ships, and you would not skip your perform action step. The exception would be as if you were already over overlapping an asteroid or gas cloud. Overlapping one of those with a stationary maneuver would cause you to skip your perform action step. All right, let's go ahead and move on to our next segment. List building with Joe. Jumping a little bit ahead, we know that uh, this month's giveaway is a lap. And in honor of a lap, I wanted to give you a squad that you could potentially use that with. And I personally have flown against this squad, and uh, it it beat me pretty handedly. Uh, so with that being said, here is the list. We've got Anakin Skywalker in the Edit 2 Actus with brilliant, ah, brilliant Evasion. Predator and Stealth Device. Then you're running uh, Warthog in the Lat with Fives, Ghost Company, Clone Commander Cody, and Synchronized Console. Then you're running a Squad 7 Veteran in the ARC-170 with Dedicated, and a V-19 Turret, a Blue Squadron Protectorate with Dedicated. Now the idea here is you run Anakin as a flanker, and you run the uh, the arc and the torrent together, and you bring Warthog uh, to the to the rear of them. And it's it's pretty effective uh, combination of ships. There, you've got uh, Warthog providing basically double modified shots to. Uh, the Squad 7 and the Blue Squadron Torrent, all three of them shooting at I-3. So you uh, you basically fire off, you take a lock with Warthog if you can, fire off your first attack, probably miss, then fire off a second attack or provide a strain token because you hopefully more than one thing has been canceled. Then you fire off your second shot with Ghost Company from the token that you get from Fives. And then you probably miss with that, so you hand out a second strain token to a different target. Then you attack with your Squad 7 Veteran or your Blue Squadron Protectorate. And uh, you have... Anakin being a nuisance to the side with that stealth device. Now the nice thing here is you have some pretty good synergy in the cards. Um, both the Ark and the Torrent can help keep Warthog alive. Warthog keeps both of them alive in their round. 
Um, and they can those that Ark and Torak can also provide support to Anakin if he gets in close. Plus, that synchronized console uh, means that Warthog can pass those target locks off to whoever needs it when it comes around. So, as as I said, I've flown against this list. It's a pretty effective list. Um, not not my initial brainchild, but I did have some some say in the current iteration of it. So for today's topic, I wanted to kind of revisit last episode's subject of burnout. Um, I kind of, I don't feel that I did enough of a job really uh, addressing how to get out of it. And and part of that was kind of by design because I wanted to talk more about mentorship and why that was important. But I think I think uh, I would be I would be remiss not to talk about um, kind of burnout and what you can do about it besides uh, talking to a mentor. So the first step is recognizing the signs. And some key signs can be uh, forgetfulness or difficulty concentrating, diminished pride. Now, I, I'm I'm reading these from a website that talks about burnout and usually it's focused on a, a job. But in this case, let's try to get it focused towards X-Wing. So difficulty concentrating. Diminish pride in the game or your list. Losing sight of your goals. Um, difficulty maintaining relationships across the table and being present during the game. Uh, frustration and irritability with your opponent. Um, and then unexplained muscle tension, pain, fatigue, or insomnia. And here's here's the thing is, is burnout isn't just going to affect the thing that's the problem. It's going to spill over into all these other things. So what you have to do is you have to find the source. You have to you have to go in and look at what is the cause of the burnout. Uh, now, being that we're talking about a game with uh, plastic spaceships, um, you you really need to look at what it is. Is did you put yourself on a schedule that you can't maintain? Um, are you? Consistently trying to play above your ability. Um, now that's probably a bad one. It's okay to try to play above your ability, um, but these are. I'm just. I'm spitballing some ideas out here on what what burnout might look like. Now, once you. Um, once you find the source, you know, the cause behind your burnout, then you want to look at uh, the immediate changes uh, that you can make. So, um, you know, what, whatever the cause was. It. So, like, for me, my X-Wing burnout had to do with uh, my schedule. I was playing in almost every competition I could, um, which meant that I was playing twice a week, uh, Mondays and Thursdays, and then I was also playing in tournaments almost every weekend, um, and that that caused burnout for me. So I was just 
doing it too much. So I had to I had to identify what the source of my burnout was and then make changes to do that. But how do you know which changes are the right for you? Well, the the first part of that is talk to people you trust. Talk to your friends, talk to your families, talk to your mentor. But talk to someone who you can kind of work out why all this stuff is going on and how it's affecting you. And then after you have done that, you want to examine your options. Now, um, this is where, you know, we're, again, we're talking about a game here. Um, so you should have a lot of control over how much time you do and do not give this game. And that's okay. You you don't have to give it all the time in the world. You don't have to be as active as I was. Or maybe you like that. Hey, that's that's fine too. There's nothing wrong with that. You do you. But after you have examined your options, now you need to take back control. And you do that by prioritizing um, the, the next one is delegate. So delegate where you can doesn't really apply to the game, but maybe it does. Um, leave the game at the table and be firm about your needs, right? And this is going to go into setting boundaries for yourself and for the game. Maybe your friends are used to seeing you at the table all the time. But it's causing burnout for you. You need to be able to set the boundaries and say, this is, this is too much for me right now. I, I just can't. Um, and your friends will understand. And if they don't, then they're probably not your friends. Or at least as strong of friends as you might initially have thought they are. Right. Now here's here's the next part, and I think this is probably the most important part of recovering from burnout, and that's practice self-compassion. I, I took a training course uh, about a year back now, um, and part of that training was uh, this this quote, which is, tell that mean girl inside your head to go away. Right? You... If you talk to your friends the way that you talk to yourself, you probably wouldn't have as many friends. So you have to you have to have that self-compassion. You have to give yourself the leeway to be human. And I know that seems weird, but it's okay. You really need to focus on telling that mean girl or mean person, or mean whatever, inside your head, to take a hike. So what? You made a bad play. You made a bad decision. Oh, you set your dial the wrong way. So what? It's a game. Like, and, and I say that being a competitive person, and stuff like that eats me to the core. But here's the thing that you really need to be... is. How do I want to say that? 
you need to have that self-compassion because you're going to make mistakes. It's going to happen. And you have to be okay with that. You have to be compassionate towards yourself and be okay with mistakes to the best of your ability. Now, going hand in hand with that is you need to pay attention to your needs, what you need for the game. And this goes beyond just at the table. You know, you need to make sure that you have restful sleep, that you have time with friends, but also time to yourself, that you get in some physical activity, that you eat nutritious meals and stay hydrated. You know, all of those things, they go, like I, I promise you, if you do those things outside of the game, it will make your gameplay better because you're going to be in a better place. And then the the next part in oh man this is this is so important too is remember what makes you happy what was it in the game that brought you into the game what is it about the game that you love is it the list building is it the dial setting is it trying to outfox your opponent is it uh, total destruction. You know, what? what is it about the game that brought you in and made you love it? Try to remember that. And your taste will change. That's okay. That doesn't mean that what you... The, the thing that initially brought you into the game is going to be the thing that you always love. Maybe... Maybe because of the rules change, you're going to hate that aspect of the game now. But remember what it is that you love. And not necessarily go back to that, but find that new thing, or maybe the old thing, but find something about the game that you love. And then the last bit, and this kind of just goes um, over ev over everything, is, is talk to a therapist, right? Talk to someone who's licensed who can help you work through your feelings. And I know that seems strange when we're talking about a game here, but the thing is, is this whole conversation hasn't just been about a game. A lot of people that I talk to now are going through some form of burnout, some form of depression, um, some form of anxiety. And there's this game that we love that can certainly help get us out of that funk that we're in. But we got to do it, right? Maybe that's not the best thing. I, hmm, how do I want to say this? Life gets better than what it is now. 
some of the best things that happened in your life or in this game may not have happened yet. But I think the most important part on all of this is if you're in this funk, whatever it is, whether it's, it's burnout, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, whatever it is, please seek help. I, and I say that coming from an old school military mindset where um, when I when I first came in, if you went and sought mental health, you would lose your security clearance and probably have to find a new job. Now, the military's come a long way and it's no longer like that, which is good. That That is a really good thing. But please, please, if you are in that spot, Seek help. If you're not comfortable talking to a therapist about crazy feelings that you're having over a game, hey, I totally understand that. Talk to your friends, talk to your mentor, talk to your family. But talk to someone. You're far too important of a person to be overrun by what you're feeling now. And if you're not feeling any of these things, hey, thank you for listening to this podcast. I, I really do appreciate that over the last couple episodes we've we've been kind of uh, diving into some, some deep stuff. And it may not apply to you, but thank you for making it this far. All right. Uh, we'll go ahead and move into our normal closeout stuff. So, as always, um, if you like what you hear on this podcast, please consider leaving a review however you consume it. Uh, it really means a lot to me. If you'd like to see this podcast grow, please consider becoming a patron for the podcast and uh, helping financially support it. There are three tiers. They're all low amounts of money a month, one, three, and five dollars a month. And they provide a different amount of uh, tokens that I design, get made, and sent out to you um, every quarter. Uh, and as well as entry into the monthly ship giveaway where uh, I'm giving out a ship this month. It's the LAP. LAP. Jeez, I can't speak today. All right. Um, as you know, I like to end every podcast with a question, and last week I actually didn't leave a question, which shocks me a little bit, but uh, I think the the topic um, kind of lean to it. But this week's question, um, I want just... On a scale of 1 to 10, how do you feel about the game where it's at? This is Sailor Joe, signing off. Let the past die.